And what do you say? What do you know? Uh, you are here and warm, but I could look away and you'd be gone. But um, actually, you're, none of you are here yet, but you'll be here momentarily. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all persuasions. I am Tony Visick. You are the audience. And uh, it is a special edition of Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. Uh, we come to you every day at 2 p.m. except Saturday nights when we come to you at 7 p.m. Uh, we come to you on uh, Mountain Standard Time, by the way. That's important to know, Mountain Standard Time. Um, we come to you on three platforms. We come to you on Comedy Schools, RadioNetwork.com, uh, YouTube Comedy Schools channel, and a Facebook Live. Um, uh, you know, I've always got like dogs with me. They just follow me in here. Every time we do this, like they think, oh, we're, we're part of the show. And they're just gonna, then they hang out and uh, uh, make their own noise. Um, so I am surrounded by uh, a whole bunch of love. Uh, my wife is here. My daughter is visiting. Uh, my grandson was just here earlier. And my uh, stepdaughter. Uh, I've already gotten a couple of real nice Father's Day's presents. A beautiful painting that my uh, daughter painted me. And uh, uh, a mug that calls me a bonus dad. Um which I think is pretty cool. Uh, hi, Jim Lacey. He says, following the Trump fiasco in Tulsa, but dropping in long enough to wish you the best, pal. Uh, I will give them hell, Jim. I am not watching Donald Trump on uh, my TV. Uh, I'll pick it up later on. Um, I didn't think anything was going to happen today that would make me go, oh, now I never thought of that. I'm pretty much pretty sure that I'm going to be hearing the same old uh, uh, greatest hits of a nostalgia act now. Uh, as I understand it, you know, and um, uh, I spent a lot of time in Oklahoma uh, as a younger man, not as necessarily as a young man, but as a younger man. I had a business in Oklahoma. I had a lot of fun in Oklahoma. Love the people that I uh, know in Oklahoma, everybody except my ex-business partner. Don't like him. Everybody else I met there, uh, just fantastic. Uh, spent a little time at Tulsa. Uh, and uh, for me, Tulsa is always the... Um, uh, the song Tulsa Time, living on Tulsa Time. So uh, it's the cool part of Tulsa. Uh, and what we're seeing at BOK right now is not the cool part of Tulsa. And as I understand it, he didn't sell out. He didn't sell out by a long shot, um, despite all the hype and despite all the hoopla, despite all the sturm and drang. Uh, he did not sell out. And um, I don't know if this is the beginning of the end uh, of the uh, Donald Trump presidency. Uh, but it was certainly an inauspicious, inauspicious, uh, reintroduction to, um, uh, live Donald Trump events. Um, I think it's a little crazy to gather. Look, I would love to be together with throngs of people right now. That is one thing that uh, we all really miss is that we, you know what? So many people in this country, the vast majority of the people in this country, have done such a good job of handling this pandemic crisis, of finding ways to keep a home and heart and hearth together, of uh, being able to uh, stay in contact with loved ones, uh, to be able to work, to be productive, uh, and to find ways to enjoy yourselves. That's one of the whole reasons behind this show. There was hardly nothing new being produced when we started. So we were just looking to do something new and different for everyone. Um, so many people have done such a good job, you know, uh, but what we miss is those large gatherings, don't we? Even seeing large gatherings, if you don't go to see uh, a crowded arena 
watching, say, the Golden State Warriors play the Los Angeles Lakers. Ooh, ow, as a Clippers fan, I said that. Uh, watching an NFL game, uh, flipping on our TV, and there is a, uh, uh, there's the St. Louis Cardinals playing, um, playing the Los Angeles Dodgers at Dodger Stadium, and there's, uh, uh, you know, 50,000 people in attendance are being at one of those events or going to a concert. We miss those gatherings, but we know it's not in our best interest yet to engage in that activity. We know it. We know that if we ever want to bring this disease down, bring the R not down to well below one to like 0.03 or 0.04, we're not going to be able to engage those types of activities. What we want to do is isolate the virus and kill it. So I don't know if having a large gathering of people at a Bank of Oklahoma Stadium in Tulsa was the smartest thing to do. Certainly, uh, if I was the leader of a group or organization, I don't know that I would do that. Uh, that being said, they did it. That being said, um, it wasn't sold out. So uh, I find that interesting. Anyway, uh, I'm not watching it. I'll pick up bits and pieces here and there. I'm sure that um, um, I'm not missing anything. I'm sure I'm not missing anything. I tell you what, you, when you'll be missing something, if you want to know, if you want to know, when you'll be missing something, you can hear my dog Chica in the background. Uh, you'll be missing something tomorrow night, Sunday night, Mountain Standard Time. If you don't go to ComedySchools.com right now and buy a ticket for Tony Vizic Presents Sunday Night's Funnier, uh, it's our Father's Day special. It is the Dads of Comedy with uh, me, Joe Gannon, and and a father and son comedy team, Greg and Alden Moody. So I think that's very cool. Greg and Alden Moody. Uh, so you'll be able to see a dad and his son on Father's Day, along with me, along with Joe Gannon. It's going to be a great show. Oh, and uh, special guest, Robert Morgan, all tomorrow at 7 p.m. Tickets are only 10 bucks. When you buy a ticket to a Tony Visick Presents Sunday Night's Funny, you're buying three things. You're buying entertainment. You're buying into the American economy because we use some of the money to pay the acts. And we also take portions of the proceeds and donate them to uh, the Maricopa Food Pantry, which uh, I just, my hat's off to all the people running food pantries and food banks throughout the United States. They're all doing marvelous work. Uh, I just would say that Jennifer and Jim out at the Maricopa Food Pantry are truly wonderful people. I'm glad I've gotten to know them. Uh, we were out there today dropping off a check, and we want to be able to drop off a bigger check next week, and that's going to depend on you. So if you tune in tomorrow night uh, and uh, pay a paltry $10, you will be contributing to that and feeding families. Okay? Okay. Uh, this show is uh, based on three things. I guess you'd say four. The first one being me rambling incoherently at the beginning about stuff I don't have a lot of information on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, the other three things are uh, interaction with you, the audience, uh, when we um, uh, answer your questions or uh, reply to your comments here on Facebook Live or on YouTube, on Comedy Schools or on Comedy Schools Radio Network.com. It's based on that. It's based on me sharing with you some brick-brack memorabilia, autograph, uh, curiosity that I have laying around here in the home office of Comedy Schools.com. Um, and maybe telling you a little story behind it. I got something for you tonight. And then me recommending two artists or two pieces of music based on my vast, and it is vast, album collection. So uh, let's get start with something here. Now, this is a, a fun little curiosity. And uh, some people get a kick out of this who know me. So uh, here we go. Look at that. 
What is it? Well, it's a T-shirt, Tone. We can see it's a T-shirt. What is that, Tone? Is that you silkscreened on it? No. That is an image of uh, Wild Bill Hickok. And here's what this T-shirt. Let me put it back in. This is what is a black T-shirt says. Wild Bill Hickok, world's fastest draw championship. First gold hotel, Deadwood, South Dakota. Deadwood, South Dakota, July. Get this. July 29th and 30th, 1995. July 29th and 30th, 1995 in Deadwood, South Dakota. There was a, uh, I used to book shows in Deadwood, South Dakota. That's true. That's true. I had produced a, uh, a series of uh, half-hour specials for the Nashville Network uh, that were uh, comedy specials. And then we tried to take that show on the road, and we got booked for an entire summer in Deadwood, South Dakota. And I got to hang out in the very streets where Wild Bill Hickok uh, was assassinated, Calamity Jane hung out, etc. Uh, if you ever saw the TV show Deadwood, that, of course, was all filmed in Los Angeles. But they built an exact replica of the town. The town of Deadwood is a replica of the original Deadwood because it's burnt down so many times. But I got to spend time in Deadwood walking the same streets while Bill Hickok did and uh, actually played blackjack in the number nine saloon, which they have legal gambling in. It's not if you ever go into one of those places, uh, it's not like Vegas gambling where it's all very sleek and polished. It's not even like an offbeat casino. It's not even like a riverboat casino. They were very funky. They were old bars, old saloons, then retrofitted with some blackjack tables once uh, um Blackjack tables, uh, uh, craps table, etc. Uh, a few slot machines. Once gambling had been made legal in that area. Uh, and I'll tell you a funny story. I'm sitting in what is the number nine saloon. And since I was up there all the time, since I was booking a show at a resort, a rather rustic resort, but a resort nonetheless, just a couple miles away, um, I got to know the owner of the number nine saloon. I'd shoot the, shoot the breeze with him. And finally, he told me, I asked some questions that, they were not sure if where the number nine saloon sat was the original spot of the original number nine saloon. Yeah, we think so, maybe. And then one time he goes, honestly, no. He goes, we're pretty sure. He goes, across the street, three doors down, there's an empty lot. We think that's where the number nine was. And I actually went down and checked out that, uh, uh, that empty lot. But I hung around there. And uh, just to give you a little tip about marketing, a little tip about marketing at the number nine in Deadwood, South Dakota, on Main Street, perched high above the uh, casino bar area, sat a uh, wooden chair, and it, the uh, inscription said that this was the chair that Wild Bill Cock, Wild, Wild Bill Cock, Wild Bill Hickok was sitting in when he was shot with aces and eights in his hand, the dead man's hand. And I asked the guy, is that the chair? And he looked at me and he goes, fuck no. Because I just put it there. He goes, who knows? Uh, Bob Rocky's here. Uh, and you know what he's doing? He's troll bombing. Uh, he says, my nickname is Deadwood. Your nickname is Cooter, Bob Rocky. Your nickname is Cooter, number nine, number nine. So I spent time up there, and I'm going to show you this shirt again because there's a little story behind it. Um, there we go. There we go. This was a commemorative shirt for a, a while uh, for a fast draw championship uh, and it was out in the field, and even the governor of South Dakota was there. She was, uh, it was a woman, I forget her name, July 29th and 30th. I, now, anybody who knows anything about me, 
anybody who knows anything about me knows that I am, uh, I'm not going to say I'm anti-gun, but I'm real pro-gun regulation. I don't think there should be automatic weapons around. I'm just holding this up so you can see in a minute. There you go. All right. Um, et cetera. I think there should be restrictions, but um, it's not that I'm totally anti-gun. I don't think they should all be melted down and turned into flowers. Um, and I, uh, I haven't done a lot of shooting in my day, but I'm trying to remember now. I may have come in first in that contest. Now, there wasn't hundreds of people in it. There's a couple dozen. But I definitely placed, I can't remember, first, second, or third. I placed in a fast draw contest in Deadwood, South Dakota. There, it wasn't like that. If I doing it like that, I would, I would have lost. But I actually was able to get my gun out of my holster, bam, fire it off and hit a target. And um, actually was either first, second, or third, I can't remember now, in a fast draw contest in Deadwood, South Dakota in 1995. And you know what? That's why I don't mind being quarantined, because if you've done stuff like that, where else are you going to go in life? What else is there to do in life if you've already been in a quick draw contest in Deadwood and been one of the winners? That's my question, friends. So <laughs> that was 1995. Um, Bob Rocky says uh, Wild Bill wore a hat. I think I'm going to take tonight to make an announcement it's kind of an anticlimactic announcement. My uh, wife, who happens to be my producer, Shirley Lovizic, does not know uh, about this announcement yet. Uh, but I've come to a decision about something, and I'm going to announce it now. I did not come in ninth, Bob. I did not come in ninth. I was one of the top ones. Um, I have been asked. <coughs> I have been asked, and this part's no joke. To uh, it would be as a write-in candidate, but an official write-in candidate. Don't ask me how that works. It works to run for a sheriff of Pinal County. I kid you not. I have been asked to run for sheriff of Pinal County, uh, and uh, I have decided to not run for sheriff of Pinal County. I don't know the first thing about being a sheriff. Um, uh, I could go in. I mean, it's it's a you don't need any experience to uh, have this elective office. But I, um, while I believe strongly in police reform, and I believe that any uh, officer that abuses their badge uh, should be hoisted on their petard, I am a strong supporter of law enforcement and respect uh, the people in law enforcement, and don't think that I would be best serving my um, my city, my. Uh, my county, my state, by uh, being a sheriff. I, not that I'd win. I might not even win. I will not be voting for the uh, Republican candidate for a sheriff. I will be writing someone else's name in. Um, he's not anyone that I could possibly support. But I will not be going up against him uh, for a sheriff. I may uh, seek some other elective office. But just officially saying it here so it's out in the ether. Uh, not going to be changing my mind. Uh, I will not be running for sheriff, but I will be running for elective office soon. And you'll want to stay tuned for that. Um, anyway, uh, uh, now that I've made that announcement, let's get to the uh, music portion of the evening. Uh, and I got a couple of really cool albums for you here right now. Um, I'm going to go with this. You know, um, there was an age of the crooner, and it was brought in by Bing Crosby, and it was really brought in by uh, this, microphones and electronic recorded music. When Bing Crosby was on it, realized that you didn't have to throw your voice mightily like uh, um, 
many performers did uh, because uh, there was no amplification. So he knew how to use the microphone uh, in a way that made it sound like he was almost talking. Uh, and Bing Crosby ushered in the era of the crooner. Uh, there were many uh, singers. Um, uh, let's see. Bob Rocky says, I got to go to an AA meeting. I'm also right in for sheriff. So uh, Bob Rocky is a right in for sheriff of Pinal County. Um, <laughs> we should run Bob for sheriff. You know what? You know what? I, I got to say this right here and now. Okay, many of you don't know Bob Rocky, but I know Bob Rocky, and he is a great guy, and he has had a storied existence, okay? Uh, and he's one of the guys that makes me laugh the hardest just talking with him. Uh, if he were to be sheriff or ever be given a position like that, he would do a great job. He would really do a great job. <laughs> the age of the crooner. Of course, Sinatra became the greatest of all. And in, uh, uh, with uh, Sinatra, there became, just like with Bob Dylan, it became a wave of folk singers. Just like with the Beatles, it became a wave of people come from England with their hair pushed down over their forehead. Um, Frank ushered in the, uh, the real age of the crooner. And uh, there were a lot of guys who followed his footsteps. And this is one, and he's also made fun of Vic Damone. That's right. I have a Vic Damone album. This is Vic Damone. Now, if you don't know Vic Damone, first off, in the year of our Lord 2020, if you're under 40 years old, you're not going to like Vic Damone. It's not music. It's somewhere over 40. You'll every once in a while listen to music like this. Someone start changing. No, no, turn it on for a second. Vic Damone was a crooner, sang a lot of great American standards, uh, very good singer, uh, had a lot of hits, but kind of like... Uh, who say the Dave Clark Five or Herman's Hermits were the Beatles? Vic Damone was the Frank Sinatra. He was the Herman Hermits of his era. Popular, but did not sustain over time. Uh, but he did a lot of great American standards on this album, the Vic Damone type of thing. Um, I Got a Bad and That Ain't Good, which is a great tune. Um, let's see what's on here else. Um, uh, the More I See You, which is a really great tune. A couple of great tunes on here. If you ever go, all right, I'd like to listen to, I like Frank Sinatra. I'm starting to get into Frank Sinatra. Who else was like him? Jerry Vale, Frank Sinatra. There is a uh, very funny clip of The Tonight Show many years ago with Johnny Carson and Frank Sinatra on the show. Very funny clip. Because uh, Johnny Carson says, because Frank Sinatra sings some of the greatest romantic ballads of his or any other generation. Despite what you might think of Frank Sinatra, if you think negatively about him, um, quite a singer, and a guy knew his way around a love song like nobody. And Johnny Carson asked him, goes, you know, um, countless people have listened to you uh, to get into the mood. And Frank's kind of grinning. He goes, now, the question is, who do you listen to to get in the mood? And Frank just busts out laughing. Goes, I don't know, you know, uh, Jerry Vale, Vic Damone, one of them other guys. <laughs> so <laughs> they were as good as they were compared to Frank. They were uh, one of those other guys to everybody in America. But if you're into Sinatra, then uh, YouTube Vic Damone and uh, listen to his version of uh, um, The More I See You because it's a very cool tune. And when you hear that song, you go, oh, I remember that from... 
when I was a kid, my parents played it. Okay, or uh, or I got a bad and that ain't good. So uh, Vic Damone, I don't know if I'm just doing that just for spite. Uh, Bob says, "Ah, oh, come on, do it." No, uh, no, Bob, I'm not. We're gonna run you for sheriff. Um, and then the next one, okay, is a must listen to. These guys are a must listen to. All right, and why they aren't listened to more, uh, I think, is is amazing to me. Uh, but here we are. Uh, there's two young men there, two fine-looking young men with fine-looking heads of hair, two all-American boys. And who are we talking about here? We're talking about none other than the Everly Brothers, two of the sweetest voices mixed together that you would ever hear, hit after hit after hit, an inspiration to almost every group that harmonized afterwards, including... Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Buffalo, Springfield, you name it. Um, anybody who harmonized was trying to do what Don and Phil did. And this is like, look, this is like an original album from back in the day, man. This is like back in the day. Uh, and uh, huge hits on here. Uh, um, their version of uh, Love Hurts, which... Um, um, if, if you're my age, we know Love Hurts because of a really overwrought electronic version called uh, by Nazareth. Uh, but if you also hear um, Graham Parsons did a wonderful version of Love Hurts with Emmy Lou Harris. Uh, Roy Arbison did it, but they do a beautiful version of Love Hurts. And of course, their monster on this, Kathy's Clown. Here she comes. That's Kathy's Clown. So if you want to hear... A great tune. And I don't care how old you are, what era you are, what kind of music you like. I don't care. I don't care. YouTube, Kathy's Clown by the Everly Brothers. And listen to the production on it. Listen to the downbeat that it starts out on. And then listen to these guys sing this. Uh, and you will go, wow. Why are, is there anybody left in the world who can do anything like that? Okay. Uh, the big thing about singers in those days was not the histronics, it was the restraint. Not the histronics, but the restraint that built a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful tension in everything that they did. Okay, that's it. That's your big Saturday night show. Tina Mike Lawson. Um, Johnny asked Arnold Palmer, uh, Tina Mike Lawson. Johnny asked Arnold Palmer's wife what she did to give him good luck, and she said, uh, well, she kisses his balls. Yes, that's true. And... Carson's retort was, well, I guess that raises his putter. And um, <laughs> that was back when saying that sort of thing was verboten on television. And I believe that she uh, sued him over that and he had to pay her some money. And I don't think uh, either Mrs. Palmer or Arnold Palmer uh, were ever, um, ever came back onto The Tonight Show. And I don't think that uh, the drink Arnold Palmer's were ever allowed to be served uh, anywhere um, on the Burbank Studios ever again after that. Okay, we're going to wrap up, man. Thanks for hanging out with me for a half hour on Saturday night. I appreciate you. I love you. Uh, I enjoy every minute of it. Uh, if you're going to download this later, I thank you for watching all the way through if you have. Everly Brothers, Vic Damone, Fast Draw Contest, not running for sheriff, did not watch Donald Trump on television, and I feel better about it. I'm back tomorrow at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time and 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time with our paid show, Tony Vizic presents, and this Tuesday with a free intro to my stand-up comedy classes. 
that you can attend absolutely free. Go to ComedySchools.com to get the meeting ID and password. Okay, we're going to go. Thank you very much. See you tomorrow afternoon. Bye-bye.